are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Friday, February 12th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order of the world's greatest protein bar. Today on the show, it's kind of a smorgasbord, much like a variety box at Built Bar, of a ton of topics as pertaining to the Miami Dolphins. We have a report courtesy of ESPN's Cameron Wolf pertaining to the vacancy at defensive line coach. Uh, we have a former first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins announcing his retirement this morning. We have the Dolphins in attendance at Trevor Lawrence's personal pro day. We have J.J. Watt being released by the Houston Texans, opening the door for the Dolphins to potentially get into pursuit if they are interested. And yes, I'm going to tell you right now, they should absolutely call up J.J. Watt. And we'll get into that on the on the show today. Not, have, not even having to worry about you know trading for J.J. Watt and restructuring a contract or getting an extension. This becomes a no-brainer. We'll talk about that on the show. But we're going to start with the retirement of former Miami Dolphins first-round pick Mike Pouncey. Pouncey and his brother Marquise mutually announced their retirement courtesy of one of Marquise's teammates in Pittsburgh, former teammates in Pittsburgh, uh, Ramon Foster. Uh, Pouncey, the number 15 overall pick in the 2011 NFL Draft, Played seven years with the Dolphins, named to three consecutive Pro Bowls from 2013 to 2016. By the time he played his last year in Miami in 2017, it was the first time in five seasons that he'd managed to play in all 16 games in a, in a regular season. Uh, Pouncey went on to play two years of ball in Los Angeles with the Chargers, was on the roster again this year, but on IR due to a hip injury that resulted in mid-September surgery. He'd never bounced back and now rides off into the sunset. Want to wish Mike uh, happy trails and best of luck in retirement. I think it's kind of cool that him and his brother go out together. Um, and the, the joint statement that they released, you can go to at Ramon Foster uh, to read it. But Ramon Foster said, It's the my honor that my brothers from another asked me to announce their next stage in life. Over a decade, Marquise Pouncey and Mike Pouncey are retiring from the NFL below or their memos to thank those involved in their careers, hashtag Steeler, hashtag Chargers, hashtag Miami, hashtag NFL. Mike played, Mike was on an NFL roster for 10 years, had career earnings in excess of $60 million, made four Pro Bowls, and gets to retire with his brother. All in all, a uh, pretty successful NFL campaign for Mike Pouncey, and you think about some of the the sore spots for the Dolphins in the interior offensive line the past five years or so, uh, didn't used to be that way when Mike Pouncey was in town. Of course, his, his play uh, kind of lived off his early first three seasons reputation. Uh, I thought the, the first year he made the Pro Bowl was probably uh, the last year his play was deserving of making the Pro Bowl. Uh, there was some injury issues and durability, and it affected his athleticism. But uh, all in all, decade in the NFL for Mike Pouncey, happy trails. Next thing on our list, we have the Dolphins in attendance at Trevor Lawrence's personal pro day today. You know, I saw some Dolphins fans who were 
pretty upset by the assertion that the Dolphins uh, were at Trevor Lawrence's personal pro day to look at Trevor Lawrence. They said, oh, well, you know, Travis Etienne is there, Amari Rogers is there. No, they're not. Uh, so what this is for the Dolphins, as far as I'm concerned, is due diligence. You're picking third overall in the draft. You have to kick the tires and, and be involved in the process for a quarterback who will and should go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is not trading this pick. The Dolphins are not going to sniff Trevor Lawrence. But in some odd, strange world in which it happened, you need to do your due diligence for the top of the draft board. And also, there is one player in attendance uh, who the Dolphins are probably eyeing, but it's not Travis Etienne or Amari Rogers because neither one of those two players is participating in Trevor Lawrence's personal pro day, which is going on this morning as we speak. It's wide receiver Cornell Powell, who was kind of bogged down on the depth chart here in Clemson, uh, came on strong on the back half of the year this year, caught 45 passes for 825 yards and seven touchdowns over the final eight games of the season for the Clemson Tigers. Think about the Dolphins, the other receivers uh, noted by Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer as being participants, Sharon Peak, a former Clemson Tiger, now playing in the CFL. Uh, he is present and former Notre Dame receiver Chris Fink, uh, who is on the 49ers practice squad. So those are the receivers that Trevor Lawrence is throwing to. So no, they're not there looking at Amari Rodgers. No, they're not looking there at Travis Etienne. No, I wouldn't get upset or in your feelings or any kind of way about reading that the Dolphins are in attendance. It's due diligence, and you get a chance. You get a free excuse to look at a day three wide receiver prospect who can give you some of the special team stuff and big body down the, down the field receiving dynamics that Matt Collins also gives you. That's kind of the role that I envision Cornell filling in an NFL wide receiver room, at least early on in his career, until you give him a chance to develop. So to go out and, and watch Trevor Lawrence throw, yeah, you can check two boxes. You get a free extra excuse to look at a day three wide receiver prospect, and you're also doing your due diligence for a quarterback prospect who's the best to come through the draft process in uh, probably close to 10 years. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Fairly quick-moving show today because we do have a lot to get into, but mentioned at the top, ESPN's Cameron Wolf has a report uh, that the Dolphins' new defensive line coach, this is quoting directly from Cameron Wolf this morning, Dolphins' new defensive line coach is expected to be an internal promotion, either outside linebackers coach Austin Clark or assistant defensive line coach Rob Leonard will take over that room, source tells ESPN. Former default Dolphins' defensive line coach Marion Hobby took the same role in Cincinnati last month. I see a lot of, I guess, concerns from Dolphins fans about 
internal promotions and, oh, my God, the Dolphins are incapable of hiring anybody from the outside in. And that's not what I think this is at all. You know, I think about you know, there has been turnover with the coaching staff. Uh, Brian Flores, offensive coordinator, has been a bit of a bugaboo. Patrick Graham left after one year as well, so we changed both coordinators. So now this narrative is kind of out there that, that Brian Flores' staff is constantly getting churned, and I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. Uh, once you he, Brian Flores, the head coach, is evaluating his coaching staff exactly the way that he's evaluating the players on the field. He did a one-year evaluation at Chad O'Shea and said, yeah, you know what, you can hit the road. I'm not interested in you being the identity of our offense. Because the players complained Chad O'Shea really didn't put us in a best position to, to coach us up on anything and learn anything. We had a hard time processing the playbook. So if Brian Flores is evaluating his staff and he likes what he sees internally, this tells me the Dolphins program is more so about message and tone and teaching than it is about needing some sort of transcendent X's and O's to be able to get the job done. Because the Dolphins' defense last year was good. Their pass rush was effective. You know, you got through the first month of the season, and they really flipped the switch. So as I kind of review the hires that are being made in Studsville and Godsey as co-offensive coordinators instead of bringing somebody else in with another new playbook that everybody would have to learn, and then Brian Flores would then again have to evaluate it. Same thing on the defensive line. Marion Hobby was here uh, for the first two seasons of this regime. We're moving in a different direction, but the results are moving in the right direction. So if the results are moving in the right direction, which the entire team is right now, I don't understand how Dolphins fans can get apprehensive or upset that the Dolphins are keeping continuity by keeping the messaging and the voices in the room the same so that you know what is going to be communicated to your players and the way they are going to be taught is in tandem and in chorus with what messaging you want your players to receive. Because if you go out and you go get some hotshot coach who has been all around the league and is on his fifth stop in eight years as far as being a position coach or a coordinator, he's going to be indoctrinated with his own way of doing things. Brian Flores wants to put his stamp on the entire organization, and he has the comfortability within his building that there are young coaches that he has hired, like Austin Clark, who came to Miami from Illinois as a college hire. These coaches are going to meet the standard of which he has set to coach the players up. I don't think that's a bad thing. I refuse to believe that it is a bad thing that we're going to promote from within so that we're not bringing an external voice inside the building when it's still a young building. It's still a building that is getting used to the quote-unquote team culture in place. Constantly throwing new variables. It's, it's like what we've talked about on this show in the past about evaluating the on-the-field product, at some point you have to start isolating variables. And continuing to throw new coaches on top of new playbooks, on top of new players, year after year after year after year, if you feel like the coaches are competent to do the job, 
don't invite more instability into your building than you have to. I'm good with it. I'm totally cool with it, and I don't have a problem. Just like from a co-offensive coordinator position, if it's going to allow them to each respectively focus on the pass game and the run game, we're going to have a clearly defined who is the play caller for the season, and you're going to collaboratively work on the game plan each and every week. Great. We don't have to learn a new playbook. Terrific. That's not a bad thing either. So that's kind of where I sit on the fence with these internal hires for the Dolphins and I just, there's this sense of a lot of apprehension from the fan base, and I get it because we've seen regimes go south in year three, right? Like, we've we've seen it kind of plateau before, and we're at this two-year mark, and everybody's frustrated the team missed the playoffs, and the team didn't perform to the standard, and the young quarterback didn't perform to the standard that everybody wanted him to, including himself, and he'll be the first to tell you that. But the big picture perspective says this is a team that doubled its win total, found a way to start winning some close games late in the year. After losing, letting close games get off the hook against New England, Buffalo, and Seattle in the first four games of the season. Didn't really know how to consistently win close games. That's something that this team has started to do. The Raiders game. The Cardinals game. The team's achievements in those close one-score games should not be overlooked. You could classify the Patriots game as one of those games that was closely contested early in the game before pulling away in the fourth quarter. Learning to win football games is a real thing. Close football games. And the Dolphins started to do it at the back half of the year. So while there is frustration, nobody's happy the way the season ended with the Week 17 game. I'm not even going to say the score. I'm not even going to say the team. This still, to me, feels different than what past regimes have had. And I'm going to choose to give Brian Flores the benefit of the doubt until he proves he doesn't deserve it. And he's given himself a lot of leeway in my personal eyes because of the way the last 24 games for the Miami Dolphins have gone. So I wanted to get that off my chest because, you know, this report comes out and the replies to this tweet are like, man, they can't hire anybody to to come coach for this team. Really? I think the Dolphins are comfortable with what they've got cooking and they don't want too too many new variables going into a new season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. I am locked in on this J.J. Watt thing today the news came out right as I was getting ready to record the show and I had to scramble the Jets right it's like okay well this is gonna happen today great first of all Houston asinine to just outright release J.J. Watt you know for for as much as they want to play hardball with Deshaun Watson and be a bunch of hard asses in that regard for this team to simply nod their head and agree to honor J.J. Watt's request for an outright release is bad team management. 
there's no chance you couldn't have gotten something for J.J. Watt. So J.J. Watt, he releases this statement. The news came out. You know, Texans releasing J.J. Watt. Watt releases a statement. I met with the McNair family. I asked for my release. They've granted that release. Blah, 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 blah. Decade in Houston. The works. Bunch of lip service. If you're Houston, J.J. Watt, the news breaks, and there are fans from every corner of the league crawling all over each other on social media. Our team needs this guy. Our team needs this guy. Is that the same thing versus what the actual market will be? No. But we provided over at Dolphins Wire an example of how the J.J. Watt trade was going to be exactly like what a Calais Campbell trade would have looked like uh, if the Houston Texans wanted to make a deal. J.J. Watt was due $17.5 million this year. It was no guaranteed money involved. So they were able to cut him, cut ways, save $17.5 million against the cap. No questions asked. But Calais Campbell, this time last year, uh, he was traded from Jacksonville to Baltimore for a fifth-round pick last offseason at 33 years old with 88 career sacks and do the exact same cap figure in $17.5 million in a contract year for what J.J. Watt is due. Watt is a year younger, has 13 more career sacks, and is due the same dollar amount. And Jacksonville got a five. Baltimore acquired Campbell and settled on a contract extension to push him to two years, $27 million, with a $7.5 million cap hit, so they reduced his cap hit in 2020 by $10 million. J.J. Watt, you couldn't have figured out a way to say, hey, J.J., you know, we're really appreciative for the way you've conducted yourself, and we know you're not happy, and we know you want to move on and want to contend for a championship, and we know, you know you'd like to pick a new team. Are you willing to work with us to find a trade partner for you? We've got a month before free agency starts. We've got two and a half months before the draft. We would really like to get you situated and in a new environment, but you're a valuable football player, and we would like to work with you to find a a suitable place for you to go that would allow us to get some compensation back. They didn't do any of that. They just straight up cut him. So yes, now I am absolutely positively ready to call J.J. Watt up and give him my sales pitch to come play for the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. We talked about when we did the punch list for the Dolphins defense. What are the things the Dolphins defense needs to take the next step? You need a a DPR, designated pass rusher. J.J. Watt's probably not a player you want to play 90% of your snaps anymore, but if he plays 60% of your snaps, which the Dolphins had a very deep defensive line rotation, he has the inside-outside capability to be everything that the Dolphins were pursuing with guys like Davion Clowney. He's older, he's a more short-term gap, but he buys you the flexibility to not feel married, to have to sign a high-priced free agent who's in your 25-year, 28-and-below window in free agency for a second contract, and you don't have to worry about drafting one, and you can focus your draft capital on further enhancing your skill group. J.J. Watt, because of his age, because of his durability, is probably going to command a short-term, a one- or two-year deal, probably close to $10 million per year. I would do that in a heartbeat. Again, when you take into consideration the cost of pass rush, and you take into consideration some of the names that the Dolphins can cut as dead weight 
already off of their roster between what you have at the wide receiver room with Alan Hearns, if you do him post-June 1st, and Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, like those three guys combined can get you close to covering $10 million for next year for J.J. Watt by themselves. My pitch for him is simple. You're going to come to play in Miami for a team that has an upper echelon defense that's ready to make the jump to become an elite defense. We feel like you in the short term can be one of those plugs to turn this into an elite defense. You get to play in Miami. You get to play for a team uh, that won 10 games last year, is clearly ready to compete just as much as you're ready to win a championship. We can't promise you that we're going to win 12 games like the Green Bay Packers have done each of the last two years in which you would go back to Wisconsin and play in Wisconsin, which is where you played your college ball. We can't promise you you're going to play with your two brothers, Derek and TJ, who are on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. But we can guarantee we've got the money to pay you a reasonable amount. We have a defense that is two or three pieces away from being an elite defense, and you can be one of those. We're not going to ask you to play 90% of the snaps plus. And you've got a head coach in Brian Flores who's off the Belichick tree, who runs a multiple front defense, and depending on the week in the matchup, is going to put you in best positions to have success. We're willing to offer you between 8 and 10 per two-year deal. Have some of this be incentive-based guarantees. You play X number of snaps, you give us X number of starts, you get us X number of sacks and pressures, and yeah, you'll be worth it to us. So we'll pay you, we'll, we'll lock in with bonuses and guarantees. I'd make the phone call. And because J.J. Watt was cut from the team, he can make this decision anytime he wants. He could make it tomorrow. You get to tomorrow afternoon, J.J. Watt could decide, hey, I had so-and-so call me up, really like what I heard. I'm on a whim going to sign with this team. I would expect J.J. Watt is going to be a very busy man fielding phone calls today. We'll see if he kind of does the proverbial Zoom um, speed dating to kind of meet with a bunch of teams before making a decision. We'll see if he has his heart set. Maybe he wants to go play for variable and play with the Titans and, and play against the Texans twice a year. We'll see if he wants to go back home and go play in Green Bay. We'll see if he wants to go play with his brothers. But if you want to give him a tangible offer for something that's not intrinsically motivated by you know his personal life, whether the way that the Texans burn the bridge at the end with how bad they've done business or going back to where he played college and going back home or playing with family. The Dolphins have a really strong case to make. And they've got enough room from a cap perspective that they can make it work. They're not going to break the bank. And you can continue to manipulate the cap and add a player like J.J. Watt and get rid of some of these other players who are, at this point, kind of frivolous spending on contracts that have been handed out in the past. So that's where I'm at going into the weekend. I'd love to hop on Monday's show, and J.J. Watt is a Miami Dolphin. We'll see. I'm not holding my breath. I think he'll probably take a little bit of time. But nevertheless, I would expect the Dolphins to call. I hope they do. And if they do, we should be excited, just like we should not worry 
about the Dolphins taking internal hires for their positional coaching, just like we should not be reading too much into the fact that the Dolphins are in attendance at Trevor Lawrence's personal pro day today. Don't make more out of that than what it is, would be my advice. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, and I'll talk with you guys again on Monday.